classic intros. On tonight's Flophouse, we watched a movie. Called, called Deliver Us From Evil. Rated G. For good. <laughs> Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey everyone, welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Stuart Spooky Wellington. <laughs> I can't live up to that intro, so I'll just say I'm Elliot Kalen. <laughs> just remembered that it was Shocktober, the spookiest time of year, dudes. Stugans. Rattle chain, rattle chain, rattle chain. Skeleton uh, sounds, skeleton sounds. Uh, bat flap, bat flap, bat flap. Water drips, water drips. Candy Wait. falling into bag sounds. <laughs> Why is the water drip scary? It's uh, very scary. Because you're wasting water. You're like, oh man, now it's I gotta California. call the plumber. That's really frightening. The Plumber, starring Jeffrey Combs, produced by Brian Usna. Oh, see, that's different from the movie called The Plumber that I know, the Australian one. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it is. Is yours a super scary porno movie with Jeffrey Combs and <laughs> I'm guessing Corbin Burnson? No. Are you making up this movie as you go along? Uh, I'm kind of stitching it together from other things. <laughs> Super scary porno. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Finally, a uh, movie that'll a movie, a movie that'll give me the chills and the thrills. It'll scare you so much the the semen just bu- bubbles up out of your out of your spout. It's <laughs> horrible. Okay, you have to see a urologist. <laughs> I've let this go on long enough. Um, Shut it down. Before we Time mo- to bring order to this primordial chaos, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on, I just want to... Uh... <laughs> we move on. We haven't even started. <laughs> what are we moving on to? I was just going to say, before we went on to talking about the movie, I wanted to thank the McElroys for uh, taking over the show last week. Yep, they- if we sound different, it's because we're not the McElroys. Yeah. If you're super sad about that, well... Don't be a jerk. Listen they have, to this show. And they have a lot of podcasts you can listen to they that are like very funny. Yeah. Yeah. They, got they, 80 uh, of them. If last week was the first episode of the Flophouse that you listened to, then Boy, you are in for a shock this week. Yeah. A mm-hmm. shocktober, if you will. Uh, I will, because that's the time of the year it is, Dan. What's Shocktober yeah, all about? Thanks to, well, thanks well, no, to the, we haven't finished say. thanking the McElroys. <laughs> yeah, okay, took, before we move on, let's thank the McElroys. They took the car out for a spin. They brought it back full of gas. They took it. They got it nice washed and waxed. Okay. Uh, this is a weird compliment. They vacuumed up the crumbs beneath the seat. Mm-hmm. They rewound the tape in the cassette player to I the know. exact point that I like it. They, I, they buffed out your butt groove out of the, the, thanks. <laughs> the chair. I think what you're saying is they did a bang-up job, yeah. <laughs> and we were really happy to have them on the show. Thanks, guys, yeah. for doing us justice, uh, because we were seeking justice. If I seem distracted during this podcast, <laughs> let me just take a moment to say that there's a loudly wheezing cat in the corner my cat is sick. Uh, it's had to been hospitalized in its back, and now it's making wheezy, wheezy noises. So Dan might be a little distracted by so that. So I keep mm-hmm. looking over there. And also, I dozed off uh, a little bit toward the end of this movie. And don't That's worry, guys. why you were lying on the floor snoring. And for the time being, I'm going to put uh, my classic bit to bed. 
the Flophouse house cat. I'm going to put the, him in the little bit garage. I'll take him out for a spin, you know, a little while later. Not tonight, though. <laughs> okay. You haven't done it in a respect. long time. Thanks for warning us. Out of respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if so, if anyone's listening just to hear the house cat, maybe skip this episode. I would hate to do the bit, and then you guys, out of, like, kind of anger and shock, just spit whatever you're drinking all over the, the keyboard, just and then venom. the computer explodes, and then we lose another episode. Yeah, we don't have Babylon AD scenario. Or Beastly was that was the other one. No, right? Beastly we released. Beastly we, was releasedly, well, I thought. We had no, we we released half of it, I think. Oh. it was like that was the the one where the pirate radio station started sneaking into our airwaves. Oh, that's right, mm. that's right. When this yeah. briefly Christian turned Slayer into a, a reggaeton show. Christian one. Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Slayer, which is the Christian version of the band Slayer, because they wanted to bring the kids back into the fold. Yeah. Um, Complete opposite message. So the song Angel of Death is now called Actual Angel, who does not kill people. (laughs) So I'd like to rely on you even more than usual, Elliot, since uh, the first half of this movie I was worried about uh, whether my cat was going to be fed through the next two. second half you were asleep. So what do we do on this here podcast, fellas? Dan, maybe let's, if you're not, if you didn't sleep through the part where we do the podcast normally, uh, what do we do on this podcast and how does Shocktober affect that? Uh, Being is, that as that is the month that the uh, we are in now. <laughs> yep, check your calendar. <laughs> Unless you're listening to this not uh, in October, in which case, shame on you. Check your calendar scare. <laughs> is that an acceptable Crypt Keeper pun off of calendar? Uh, Dan's gears are working. I would, your calendar. Wait, hold on. <laughs> let's, let's ask Killander. the judges. Calendar's probably Killander's best, much yeah. better. Um, wow, I can't even believe that that fell right by me. So this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And during Shocktober, in the most magical time of the year, mm-hmm. we watch horror movies. <laughs> We're like ghouls and ghosties or mm-hmm. popping out of toilets to scare you. Those are ghoulies. <laughs> ghoulies. <laughs> ghosties. <laughs> ghosties. That's my so off-brand ghoul, ghoulies. <laughs> <Just> separated <laughs> ghoulies into ghouls. And, and you combine ghoulies with ghouls and ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, And ghosties, I guess, is your cereal that yeah, you're producing. Yeah, you get you get struck it's by a, a ghoulie or a ghosty, and your armor pops off, and you <laughs> run around your underpants throwing weirdly arcing torches at things. Yeah, the tiny javelin. I can't remember. Does the ghoulie actually pop out of the toilet in the movie no. Ghoulies? I, I feel like the poster has. <laughs> what about when it goes to college, Dan? Well, the poster gets you in the end. <laughs> what about any critters? Do they pop out of toilets? Well, when ghoulie goes to college, it it sticks a a plunger on a. On a showering co-ed at one point, mm-hmm. pulls her face off using the, the toilet plunger. There's no, that, the mm-hmm. physics of that do not add up. I'm just going to have to say, Ghoulies go Why to college. Why didn't they do that in the movie Face Off, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Would have saved some bucks. They didn't have enough. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my question. Did the how did the ghoulie get into college? Was it like a like a special needs scholarship oh, this or something? Is, this is community college. <laughs> oh, okay. And do you think ghoulies would fit in like the Face Off program? universe? Yeah. In the weird universe where they have magnetic prison uh, boots? Toilet repair is what they were going for. (laughs) Stuart, it's all going to be in the face-off sequel, Face-Off 2, Now There's Ghoulies. (laughs) (laughs) Are those ghoulies groovy? No, they are not. Probably not. So... So what movie did we watch this time, Dan, as if it wasn't announced at the beginning of the episode? It's called Deliver Us from Evil. Now, this is the story of a woman named Eva who is very overbearing. Oh, boy. And everyone wants to be delivered from her. Common mistake. You were watching a movie on your phone. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, Deliver Us from Eva. Uh Uh-huh. The story of Eva Braun. <laughs> oh, no and kidding. her it's it's a it's it's a remake of Kiki's Delivery Service with Eva Braun. <laughs> Instead of the lovable teen witch. 
Is there any Totoro's? The sandwich? Yes, which is the story of a teenager who gets turned into a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of toppings would you have on that? Uh, uh, zits, I guess. I don't know. It's a teenager. <laughs> what? Bacon bits? I don't know. Come on, zits. Teen Witch, top that. Come on. Yeah. Oh, oh. I see, because it topped that. Yeah. Song for Teen it's Witch. A, cl- a classic joke. So, uh, we <laughs> were talking... Classic ta- joke. <laughs> we're talking about Deliver Us From Evil. This is the, what, like, 10th movie that has this name? Yes, there's a lot of movies with this name, but this is the only one based on the memoirs. With Joel McHale. Well, this is the only one with, with, the, star McHale, of maybe. with, yeah. with the star power of Ghoul McHale and starring Eric Boona. <laughs> Delicious chicken dish. Uh, and Olivia Munn is in mm-hmm. it. And you Sean didn't even try Harris. Olivia Munn. Mummy is probably the best. Yeah. What about Bolivia Mun? Okay. Bolivia <laughs> Mun? De- oh, instead of mm-hmm. Olivia yep. Mun. Boo liver us from Booville. <laughs> <laughs> All the boos down in Booville yeah. liked Halloween a lot. Yeah, Horton, here's a boo. It's the Dr. Seuss <laughs> Halloween book. So this movie is so this movie based is based, on memoirs. It's, based, it's incredibly <laughs> loosely... David Sedaris' memoirs. <laughs> it's incredibly loosely based on the memoirs of a New York NYPD officer who has since become a full-time demonologist. Apparently he was by day a policeman and by night an exorcist type, prowling the mean streets of New York looking for demons, I assume in Hell's Kitchen and mm-hmm. Hell's the Bronx can, and <laughs> Hell's East Village. And who can forget who vi- can forget <laughs> Devil Staten Island. <laughs> I can only assume that Vin Diesel was doing something else when they were making this movie. Because this is like right up his alley, dude. I don't know. Yeah, man, he's the last Witch Hunter. (laughs) No, that hasn't come out yet. He's a cop demon hunter character. That'd be perfect for Vin. That movie... But wasn't he all... Oh, no, I'm thinking of the I was watching the trailer for The Last Witch Hunter. Because why not? I guess this is our trailer talk segment. It was in front of another movie. That's the normal place. It was in front of another movie. And you asked it to move aside. (laughs) So it wasn't blocking your view of the movie anymore. But, like, I, I swear, like, it was a trailer where, like, halfway through the trailer, I'm like, well, they're still explaining the premise of this movie. <laughs> Especially since the title kind of explains everything. Yeah. He's the last witch finder. Mm-hmm. Witch hunter? General. General. Uh, electric. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's talk about it. The movie has a brief prologue in Iraq, where three Marines... In Iraq? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Dan oh, has been apparently possessed by a stupid joke <laughs> demon. His name is Dumophiles. Dumophiles. Sorry. Yep. Nope. Yep. He's still possessed, I guess. <laughs> this gibberish demon. I cast thee out of Dan. Dumble Dan. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Apple Dumple Dan. The Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay, so, so we're we're three seconds into the movie. It's 2010. We're in Iraq. There's a firefight in Iraq, and three Marines discover an underground cave. There's also a bunch of bats and you know whatever. Snakes. There's and you hear a lot of screaming. Now it's 2013. Flash forward. Flash to the forward. Eric Abana is a police officer in the NYPD. That's the New York. 
Anybody? Penis Police? department. Yeah, penis department. Yeah. Dan, are you okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm now very I, distracted. Now I wonder if there is a New York penis department that's just in charge of just keeping penises safe. <laughs> this guy comes in and is like, oh, we're here to read your penis meter. <laughs> <laughs> yep, same length as last month. I'll be back in a month. What do you keep your penis here? Every I time. I keep it in the same place everyone keeps their penis. Every time the penis meter reader comes over, you're like, is this a scam? Are they just trying to rob yeah. my penis? Sir, can you let me in the basement? I need to read the penis meter for the people upstairs. <laughs> Sir, you don't need to hang out with me while I do this. It's going to be a couple minutes. <laughs> uh, he and... Uh, so, Eric Bana's character, Ralph Sarchi, he is having a bad day. First, he finds a dead baby in a dumpster. Then he and his partner, Joel McHale, have a deal with a domestic disturbance where a guy who's a former Marine is hitting his wife or something. Uh, and <laughs> him and his partner Joel McHale. Him and his and him and his partner Joel McHale then go to another complaint where they find a. Uh, uh, oh wait, a, no, I'm a sorry. lady is totally it's slam dunked complaint. a baby. Yeah, no, that's the different. They go the uh, the Marine says everything's fine, uh, although he's clearly being uh, abusive. Your ability to read Wikipedia <laughs> summaries of movies has been hindered somehow. Are you possessed, Elliot? I'm possessed by a demon of not caring very much about this <laughs> sure. movie. But then they go to the third call, which is at the Bronx Zoo, mm-hmm. one of my favorite places in the city. I like the Museum of Natural History more, but okay. maybe that's because. So, strangely enough, the animals seem less sad to me for being dead than just being right. imprisoned. But uh, I like animals. Mm-hmm, so they've, both. they've crossed over from this veil of tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're busy having adventures in the afterlife in Animal Hollow. In, bla- in the blazing world. <laughs> yeah. Which is called that because it's, it's where you can light farts pretty easily. <laughs> uh, so they go to the Bronx Zoo where a woman threw her child into a moat around one of the cages which apparently causes like the child do. to disappear completely mm-hmm. nobody knows where it is uh is the, it the same baby as the one he pulled out of that garbage pail no those are very different babies <laughs> there are <laughs> there are it. two times there are two times in the movie when you see uh when you see children who have been killed and put into garbage receptacles <laughs> both times Stuart, what did you say both scenes <laughs> so talk about a garbage pail kid and then yeah. i Ask for a high five that I never received. <laughs> no, that high five was not forthcoming. Uh, they go to the Bronx Zoo. A woman, woman has thrown her child into a ravine, and they can't figure out what it is. They find the woman in the in the dark, and they walk around the zoo in the dark, and like suddenly a bear jumps out of nowhere and and roars at them, mm-hmm. or like suddenly some other animal makes a bunch of noise. Almost all the scares in this horror movie go, are one of two types: either super gross goriness, mm-hmm. or it's dark. Everything's quiet, and then something jumps out and makes a lot of I feel noise. like they pitched this movie, and they're like, hey, you've heard of a cat scare, mm-hmm. have you? Wait for it. How about a, wait for it, bear scare? <laughs> Here's how they pitched this it's movie. It's way bigger than a cat. They called the executives into the room, and they were like, so we're going to tell you a story. And the executives were like, okay. And then the, the director didn't say anything for a while. The executive was like, are you going to? And the director went, boo! And all the executives were so scared. They're like, oh, God, it's a million-dollar idea. <laughs> we got to get on board with this. Let me pitch you this movie. Close your eyes. Now stick your hand in this box. <laughs> That's the witch's hair. <laughs> really? Because it feels like spaghetti. No, it's not spaghetti it's at all. It's real slimy. 
<laughs> okay. Well, it's, so the, it seems pretty thick. <laughs> I mean, the hair is it's like really starchy. The, it's like her hair is like almost like wires, like the thickness that you'd find in like a small electrical cable. It doesn't feel like hair. No, no, no. It's totally hair because it. It's all. Is this a meatball that's in the hair? That's like I don't know dandruff or something. Because <laughs> it's scabs, dude. Come it's on. pretty clearly a meatball. And what is this? This is a piece of penne. What is that? No, no, no. That's like uh, she has. Hot Hollow hair. She had a, she had a catheter. <laughs> no, okay. Put your hand in this. It's the witch's eyeballs. Really? She had like twenty eyeballs that all felt like olives. She had a collection of them. <laughs> I don't yeah, were these eyeballs she found? No, no, they were in her head. I guess somehow. So much that you want me to believe that much like the misfit song Twenty Eyes, she had twenty eyes in her head. So at this point, the movie pitch is not going well. <laughs> no, the executives so they, are really pushing back. They're on like, it. <laughs> you really want us over with that boo at the beginning. We were ready it. to. If you had stopped the pitch, then you'd have your movie. Frankly, by continuing with the pitch, you have hurt your chances. Here, put your hand on this. That's just your penis, sir. Oh yeah, well, tell uh, the penis department about it. Measure it for me, would you? I got to write the numbers on this piece of paper and mail it into the department. I wasn't home when the guy came to measure. You know that's a scam, right? He's just a pervo creep. Oh man, all this time. Well, what if we did a movie about that? Nope. Sorry, got to pass. <laughs> That's a hard pass. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> anyway, so uh, they're at the Bronx Zoo. They're looking for the woman, and they eventually find her, and she is... She's flipping out. She's not so she's crazy. <laughs> she's She's scrabbling in the dirt, scratching at a rock to the point that her fingernails are chipping. She's mumbling, blathering, ranting. Some of it is the lyrics and to it, Doors songs. And at this point, if you've seen <laughs> movies before, this movie's going to be using a lot of short, shorthand that you understand, which is if a person's face is all waxy and has, like, smeared makeup... Probably a demon. If somebody has paint on their face, they're mm. a demon in this movie. As mm-hmm. seen by the fact that they're like, they're like, so nobody else is around, huh? Oh, well, there's that guy. Oh, yeah, that guy who's been painting a wall for uh, for hours all day and is in a creepy hood. And they look at him and he turns and looks at them. And he's got a face like the crow. Yeah. Like Alice Cooper in Prince of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like a crazy evil guy who they've hired to paint. And the and Eric, well, Eric, this is after Eric. Well, Bott- he, you know, he put in the lowest bid to do that painting. <laughs> yeah, because his bid was, "I'll do it for nothing if you let me make people crazy and fill them with demons." But uh, the Eric Bana, I mean, that's a pretty good deal. No, I mean, from a dollars for paint point of view, that's great. Yeah. Uh, he did it. He did all his work at night. I mean, it only no. Probably he's been working there all tourists. day. They said oh. he he was there in the early day, just painting away with his roller and everything. But he, this is after Eric Bana has tried to get the story out of this crazy woman who is sitting on a bench, handcuffed to it, just tazzing out. And, <laughs> and Eric, yeah. And, yeah, spinning around and going through trees, only appearing in like two cartoons and somehow being a merchandise. Juggernaut. Oh my god, he's the well, Boba he's got, Fett of Looney you know, Tunes. He's got streetwise attitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yet, he Put his a, clothes on and now turn him around. <laughs> it's crisscross. <laughs> he had a character like Beaky Buzzard, not nowhere near the same following. I don't understand it. So uh, he, she's mumbling to herself. She's repeating Doors lyrics. She's clearly a crazy mad woman. And Eric Bana, he decides to get straight to the heart by going, hey, What's the matter with you? <laughs> because everyone in this movie also has super heavy, fakey New York accents. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, hey, forget about it. Oh, demons. I don't know. Yankees. Hey, oh, oh, 
whoa, hey. Satan, whoa, I'm walking here. Forget about it. It's me, Olivia Munn. Oh, I mean, yeah, Olivia. I mean, Olivia's is one of the better accents. I have no, to admit I know in it's it. funnier coming from her than other. Well, people. saying the name certainly. It's me, Eric Bana. I played the Hulk. Oh, I'm smashing here. I'm from, from Australia. <laughs> this is what I sound like. Classic Outback accent. It's me, Joe McHale. Nobody knows where I'm from. Whatever. Fuck you. Forget about it. <laughs> now look at this clip from The Real Housewives. <laughs> hey, you'll, you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll like it. Yeah. Sounds like a nonchalant uh, Italian waiter right nonchalant there. Indeed. Nonchalant indeed. <laughs> nonchalant. The hard cha that says I've spoken that word before. <laughs> uh, so I was trying it out, dude. <laughs> they, so after talking, to, I, I appreciate that. My image I shouldn't bit. shame you for trying new things. <laughs> We're trying to be the sophisticated one. Yeah. Uh, so after after failing to get an answer with his, hey, what's what's wrong with you? He, they, he goes, oh, they point out the creepy painting guy, and he runs after him. What's weird is he goes, hey, come over here. And the painting guy just kind of drops his roller and walks away like, whatever. I don't need to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they follow, That's going to inform his acting choices for the rest of the movie. Until the end when he goes super intense. Mm-hmm. But uh, And I have to say this. I, I, feel, I always feel so, uh, so much pity or mercy. For or, fools. Yeah, for, <laughs> you gotta pity him. But uh, the uh, well, if they mess with the T man, I mean, yeah. Uh, but he, but for the people who have to play the possessed villain in these types of movies, they're never the big star. They never get top billing. Like unless you're Anthony Hopkins in a Hannibal movie, you have to put in the most physically intense acting job of the movie, and you get you get very little credit because you're essentially a walking special effect you get for goop most of it. Slather all over you. You got to be covered in goop. You got to have like tattoos carved into your body because he did that for real, mm-hmm. clearly. Uh, and the demon here is played by the guy in Prometheus who gets lost and is killed by that lamprey monster and then mm-hmm. comes back all zombified and kills a couple people. And he's not a terrible actor. He no, he played, uh, he played who? Uh, the guy from Joy Division in 24 Hour Party People. Yeah, yeah. And so, it, like, so, oh, he, so he's real, you know. Typecast. <laughs> <laughs> He's either playing a possessed demon guy, an alien zombified person, or Ian Curtis. So, mm-hmm. but uh, the uh, so he they follow him into the zoo, and he leads Eric Bana into a little bit of a trap we like to call the lion's den, <clears throat> in that it is a den with two lions in it, mm-hmm. uh, and Eric Bana narrowly escapes as the goofiest zookeeper in the world tries desperately to help him out. It's like, they might as well just cast the ghost of Don Knotts as the zookeeper. Like, the character that Dennis Weaver plays in Touch of Evil, that weird hotel keeper, he is like, seems like a reason, like a normal human being next to this goofball. Like, I don't know why a, a Hanna-Barbera character suddenly walked into the movie and started ta- run, working at a zoo, but anyway, it, it, it the style clashes somewhat with He the, was assuming he was going to be wiped out and uh, they been going to put an animated character in his place and he was just doing the voices. <laughs> he thought he was hired originally for the role of body double for Hong Kong Fooey. <laughs> but, uh, so... Yeah, that- that's all done with motion capture, right? Hong Kong Fu. <laughs> and, and Body Double for Hong Kong Fu was a really weird sequel to Body Double. <laughs> well, it's similar to the same to the original movie. Yeah, you except- got Craig Wesson across the street watching Hong Kong Fu strip. <laughs> Just taking off that kimono, I guess, because yeah. he leaves the mask on, I assume. Or is no, he stripping out of his janitor's clothes? <laughs> that's right. Uh, so... <laughs> Well, when did when did Brian De Palma stop working with Hanna Barbera characters? 
Was it after? Was it after uh, Scrappy Doo sisters? It was certainly or? not. Wait, he made Snake Eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Snake Eyes is full of them. <laughs> That's it why when, it's called Snake Eyes because of all the Snake Men. When he did uh, Raising Jabberjaw with John Lithgow and Jabberjaw. <laughs> sure. But uh, anyway, so where were we? Oh yes, they go to the zoo. They lose the bad guy, but uh, he narrowly escapes being eaten by a lion. And you learn mm-hmm. that in this movie that all animals are evil. They are just. Like the devil can just control them. Yep. Uh, they sent the woman gets transferred. Her name is Jane. Gets transferred from the police station to a mental health facility under the care of a Jesuit priest named Mendoza, and he is <laughs> he's a drug dealer apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he is a cool Jesuit priest. He smokes. He drinks. He wears a leather jacket. He's got long hair. He checks out girls' butts when they walk by him. He's essentially James Woods in Vampires, mm-hmm. except. Whereas vampires realized, hey, why don't we make this badass, like, smoking, drinking priest character who fights evil into the hero of the movie? Here he's like the sidekick, guide, bagger, Vance type who kind of leads the NYPD guy through. And he's also, this priest is not as cool as the movie wants us to believe. Yeah, the James Woods character is also kind of a joke. Like, it's like, hey, what if we made a priest like a real asshole? Yeah. (laughs) Whereas this one is just supposed to be like... An awesome, uh, dude. sexy Latin priest. I guess so. this this movie basically not to jump too far ahead, but they they try the classic cop plus not a cop. Cop and a half, we call wow. it. Or, or at a certain point, he's just like blown my mind by boiling down <laughs> yeah. like fifty percent of pop culture for the All last entertainment <laughs> seventy five years. Because after a certain point, he's like. And not, I know that he gets killed. Spoiler alert! But after a certain point, he even stops hanging out with his partner. He's just hanging out with this priest. Yeah. yeah he, well, his partner does die eventually, so that's part of the reason. <laughs> because that's what happens when your partner <laughs> di- dies. They make you uh, ride around with a priest. For when a while. you, when you, this is pl- NYPD Still. rule law. When your partner dies, you're automatically partnered. The up New York par- Penis Department. Yes, the New York Penis Department. You're automatically partnered up with whoever you're with at the moment. Even if they're not a cop, they're a cop now. Okay, it's why you see so many, uh, <laughs> why you see so many landlord and superintendent cops now, because mm-hmm. they just let the two cops into the building. One of them dies of like a heart attack. That superintendent is now a cop. Okay, wow. I would like to hear your pitch for a, a cop, not a cop show. Yeah, I mean that's basically every show. But uh, yeah, let me see. yeah, Family so- Matters. That was a cop, not a cop show. <laughs> the cop Carl Winslow, the not a cop Steve Urkel. <laughs> I'm glad that he's he's getting uh he's getting co billing with Carl <laughs> Winslow at this point. Uh I mean, I don't know, you could do uh, a cop plus, I don't know, an ice cream vendor. That's a pretty clear one. we sure. we'll call it Cone Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a boob movie. Yeah, it's a boob movie. <laughs> so what's another one? Wait, Give us another one. Are boobs cones in this uh, scenario? Yeah, totally. Or okay. the ice cream the dollops of ice cream that are being served <laughs> on them. That feels terrible for everybody. Delicious involved. dairy lumps. Oh God. <laughs> oh God! That's it's terrible. So, that's, so what's another that's one? Cone Patrol. Give us another cop, uh, not a cop. We got a cop, of course, and I don't know. <laughs> Goes a, without saying. Uh, I would say a uh, lamp salesman. <laughs> okay, what do we call that one? They're, well, they're turning uh, they're turning the harsh light on the crime. <laughs> okay, and we're gonna be called. We'll call it shades. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Lampshades. No, we got it. It's yeah, called shades, comma lampshades. <laughs> shades, lampshades. Wait, is that like? Yeah, because it's Officer that, Shades <laughs> and, and Jonathan when, Lampshades. Oh, I thought that's like how he His introduced himself. himself. Like, I'm Shades. His dad invented lampshades, <laughs> and he went to the lighting business. So, so what you're telling me is that lampshades were named after their inventor, and we got the word lamp. <laughs> 
because Shades was a pre-existing cognate, <laughs> and it's just a coincidence that he had Shades in his name. Well, his name was Lampshade, so he was, he, he was naturally going to be drawn to lamps. <laughs> so he's a moth? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, if that's what you consider Lampshades to be. Let's move on. Okay, so cop, not a cop, a couple different ideas. If you have more suggestions for Stuart, send them in, I guess, with <laughs> the hashtag a... bad idea. Write <laughs> <laughs> I mean, them on it's a letter. Every idea. Stick it down the sewer. <laughs> and maybe the Ninja down. Turtles will enjoy it because they don't get to go to the movies. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just going to pass it along to like USA because that's half their fucking shows, dude. Yeah. Send it in the sewers so that a chud can find it and have a laugh. <laughs> Brighten up its terrible chuddy existence for a moment. Let's uh, we'll shorten this a little bit. It turned they they find they get called to another house where there's spooky goings on, mm-hmm. and uh, they find they go down to the basement. Eric Bana hallucinates a couple scary things, and then he uh, find a dead body literally falls out of the wall, <laughs> uh, and then bloats, and its guts fall out, and flies pop out of its Super eyes. Super gross. Yeah, it was genuinely gross. Like, Super gross. It was gory. really fun to be eating dinner yeah, when we thing, watched like, that part. I normally am not affected by that <laughs> shit when I'm eating, and this time I was like, all right, well, this is, this is doing stuff. I saw that, I'm like, yeah. man, I should... I should work out more. And this is this, and we haven't. I think I don't want I don't want flies to burst out of my belly. And I don't think by that point they had gotten yet to the. uh, Oh no! Then they follow the address on that guy's driver's license to his apartment, where they find all sorts of gross stuff. There's roaches everywhere, and bags of garbage, and a whole. But no lights. Fuck no lights. All the lights are out or don't exist. There's a whole serial killer montage uh, collage on the wall of teeth and and eyes and Mm -hmm. stuff. And they go into another room where there's a live dog, which, of course, jumps out uh, and barks to be scary. How about a dog scare? (laughs) And speaking of cat scares, Joel McHale literally turns and his flashlight reveals that on the wall right behind him was a cat that was crucified and then its chest opened up and its guts pulled out. Yeah, I it is for that. disgusting. For but it's our, also for but our it, sins. But it was also <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus cats. Yeah. Well not our sins. Cat sins. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Because cats were because of uh, the first two cats. Oh cat Adam and Cat Eve. What a missed opportunity. They could have put in an easy nine lives joke in there. That's but true. They failed. I would do that it is was pretty funny just the reveal that right behind him was a crucified cat. Just like, you guys really didn't notice anything that was going on in the room, did you? Now I'm imagining a Jesus cat performing the miracle of multiplying the fish skeletons for all the other cats. Nice, nice. Or, it's very uh, riffraff. Turning fish into wine. Well, and that, right before that was a genuinely kind of cool image when they the uh, the dog that jumps out and scares you has what looks like a crucifix around its, around its collar, but like the light pans down and you see that the Jesus on the the cross has goat legs. Yeah, there's a couple of images. They're like, I'll say this for the movie. There it's couple, fucking gross. There, it's super gross. And <laughs> I was like, what, what are we watching? NBC's Hannibal? What's going on here? But uh, the, there are a couple images in it that are like genuinely creepy. There are moments in it that are genuinely creepy and disquieting. But mostly it's 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 jump out scares and like. Oh, it's dark now. It's, it's just shot so dark. I yeah. mean, the the guy directed Sinister, which is another movie that gets most of its atmosphere because the entire movie is super duper dark. It looks like he saw Seven and he was like, I can out dark that. Let's put more fake rain in this scene. <laughs> and the rain in this movie looks terrible. It's constantly raining in different scenes. Well, not it's not constantly raining. It's raining in many scenes. And you know how usually they angle the rain so the spl- sprinklers, they're shooting up so that the rain falls down in a more natural way pattern of gravity well, how they do it. 
So movie that's magic. A little bit of movie magic for you. Know, you. What's this stuff you should know all of a sudden? Yeah, that's what this is. Movie stuff you should know, movie edition for movies. <laughs> and uh, But in this, it just looks like everyone's standing under sprinkler head, shower heads or just like a row of lawn sprinklers upside down. Like the water just falls down straight on everybody's head. Doesn't look like real rain. But anyway, that's how they do it. Yeah, they, they point the sprinklers up and the rain falls back down because of gravity. That's why you can't shoot rain scenes on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Obama. That's why <laughs> when they tried to shoot the sequel to Singing in the Rain, Singing in the Rain on the Moon, it was a huge flop. The dancing was amazing, oh, though. In, it was in almost zero G. Oh, man. Donald O'Connor was so acrobatic. Yeah. Unfortunately, make the moon men laugh. unfortunately, to do that part, he had to get out of his spacesuit and his blood boiled and exploded. <laughs> so it was the loss of one of America's great song and dance clowns, but still. Uh, they fix it in post, though. They find out that there is a that here's here's the link between these people is that they are all they all served in Iraq together. These three guys: the guy who was hitting his wife, and okay. the the creepy painter dude, and this guy who was killed and stuffed into the basement, full of maggots. How did those maggots. guys get accepted into the the army? Well, they weren't demon men <laughs> first. I mean, and two, they were marines. Bill oh, Murray okay. was in the army in stripes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and stripe is a gremlin. How'd they let him into the army? <laughs> it's crazy. He can barely talk. All he can say is Gizmo, Mogwai, Yum Yum. You know, it's terrible. Like, he can barely like Gizmo talk. Gizmo Kaka. That's he did say Gizmo Kaka. That's true. It was a little That's naughty. how they let him in. It's a technicality. Uh, all he can he, sort of form a complete sentence. He can swear. He'll do fine in this man's army. He understands the cause. Uh, I don't know. They realize, they go, we got one We got one recruit. We throw him in the pool to see if he can swim. Suddenly we got 30 recruits. <laughs> this is, a, this is. I think we can, we, we fixed our stop loss problem, everybody. <laughs> But think, uh, of, think of them storming the beach in Normandy. Like that would be an unstoppable force. Yeah, unfortunately, they'd probably <laughs> join forces with the Nazis. So, uh, I mean, they're kind of more uh, chaotic, chaotic evil rather than. Wow! Check out Mr. D and D over wow. here. Yeah, Dan and Dan. <laughs> I didn't realize D D and D stood. I'm really for, looking forward to somebody d- whipping up a quick bit of fan art of uh, of Gremlin storming the beach <laughs> of in Normandy, Stripe biting Hitler. <laughs> it's that Captain That's America it. number one cover, yeah. but it's Stripe punching Hitler out. And singing Hitler, sing Hitler Kaka. <laughs> and Hitler has He's to escape. He's singing with a mouthful of Hitler? <laughs> yeah. Hitler has to escape by driving a little Barbie remote control yeah. car away. It has a legend that says, win one for Uncle Sam underneath it. <laughs> so, is, so, is, so is Zach Galligan a, a Nazi in this reading of it? And is Gizmo a Nazi? <laughs> I think Gizmo is the ordinary German citizen. Who has been transformed into <laughs> I a Nazi? See. But, but then it seems like the gremlin is the perfect metaphor for that. How did Stripe become a hero? <laughs> um, well, Stripe, you know, Stripe's got a mohawk. He's got, uh, he, you know, he, attitude. Yeah, he is rude, <laughs> and he's easily identified, and he's crude if he says "caca." Sure. Uh, so, Joe Dante, write in if you have some <laughs> thoughts about this. Uh, so anyway, they put the whole thing together. These three guys were in the Marines. Two of them started a painting company together. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for some reason, it was not until after they started the painting company that the demon that they woke up in Iraq decided to come help them. Uh, he finds that they've been painting. <laughs> you don't think it helped them? Help them paint? <laughs> You, know, you think it like helped him secure that small business loan? <laughs> that must be it. 
This isn't really zoned as an office space, but I suppose I could pull some strings. Fiddle strings. Well, I shouldn't give you this loan, but I guess I'll arm wrestle you for it. Oh, demon strength. It's like, so you have a recommendation from Mr. B. Elzebub? I assume that's Bill Elzebub down at a Now, we're talking about a crazy demon guy, Elliot. What is the name of this guy? Uh, His name is Santino. Oh, that sounds eerily like... Lucifer. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Sounds like Satan, or as we were saying, it's like the great Santini. If, if Robert Duvall's character was was just demonic, yeah. like he threw his basketball so hard at his, at his son's chest that it just burst through. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, he looks through, uh, He met, Eric Bannon goes to look through some surveillance footage and footage from the from the Iraqi soldiers guys, and he's seeing blips of a bloody man's face that nobody else is noticing, and he's hearing children's laughter that Joel McHale does not notice. And Joel McHale is mainly busy flipping a... He's deaf to the laughter of children. (laughs) He's so busy flipping his knife over and over again and starting to peel an apple that we never see him eat Mm -hmm. uh, that he says, no, I don't know about that. Uh, He finds that the painters were all painting over the same scratched-in devil Latin inscription, and they do a shitty job of painting. They do a bad. This uh, the wife of the uh, who's of the wife beater. She goes, oh, mm-hmm. he, he has office. The friends came by and they painted it for free. And they walk in and it is the worst painting job. They stop well below the molding. It's patchy. The the strokes Doesn't do not look like match it was up. Taped or anything? No, not at all. It looks. They looks like they did one coat, no undercoat, nothing. It's just <laughs> like it's probably not Benjamin Moore. <laughs> no, it's not. It's probably one Red Devil paint. <laughs> Or possibly some kind of off-brand paint, like Satan's Choice or something like that. <laughs> you know, Lusa color. You know, something like that. By that, like the Devil Store. Yeah, yeah, down at uh, at Satan Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, untrue value because he's the Lord of Lies. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like true value hardware Which store. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so there's also. Uh, there's he anyway his daughter also has a stuffed owl in her room which the devil decides to in make. a fucking old-timey crank music box <laughs> like who gives their kid that <laughs> and the devil decides these are the two things that he's gonna go after and be spooky because he has no new ideas <laughs> there's a uh but he's but yeah. he he finds the pictogram underneath it's a pictogram from a cave in iraq what were you gonna say dan no i just like the devil really enjoys playing puppets with the <laughs> With toys. Like, that's, uh... Well, because... I guess the devil didn't have toys when he was a kid, and that's <laughs> yeah. why he's so mean. It's like, now that the devil is rich, he's buying all the stuff he couldn't have as a kid, yeah. so, like, that's why the devil has is really big on playing SNES. <laughs> like, I couldn't get this... this I couldn't get Hyperzone when I was a kid, now yeah. I'll play it. It's kind of a middling shooter. It's pretty generic. Sure. I don't know why you'd bother with that one. Night Trap. Did you ever play it? It's on Sega CD. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Sewer Shark? Is that one of them? I can't remember. Did, no, but even Sega CD came out, no one liked it. I can't believe you spent your your spoons. I went on eBay and I tracked down all the original releases. La, 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 la. I have that Sherlock Holmes game. <laughs> yes, I'm ama- I kind of noticed there was less evil in the world. I didn't realize because you were so busy tracking down a complete Sega CD collection. I got 32X. Uh, Want to play some 32-bit games? Just get a Saturn. I don't understand why. Why, why would you bother with 32X? <laughs> So there is a great scene where he reve- he scratches off the paint and reveals this uh, Latin inscription on the wall. And then he's also looking at his laptop and watches video footage of the soldiers in Iraq finding the exact same inscription on a tomb wall. 
And you see Eric Bana slowly turn the computer to double check that it's the exact same shit. As Stuart said when we were watching it, for the dummies in the audience. <laughs> I would love if he like put like a pencil next to each pictogram and then like looked up and like, all right, that one and that one. The only okay, way that... they could have oh, no, this one well, it? oh no, no, it is. Okay. The only way they could have spelled it out more for the audience is if Eric Bana literally said it's the same one. And then the devil showed up and said, yes, it's a devil thing. You got me. <laughs> you got me. It's the same. See you in act three. <laughs> <laughs> and then what, shook his hand and left? <laughs> Vote for me. <laughs> I'm running for alderman. Okay. Uh, alderman of the Bronx. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, another the devil was an elected position. Oh, yeah, yeah, devil. Yeah, you, you serve out up to three three-year terms. Oh, okay. It should be three six-year terms, but they did not think it through at the time. <laughs> the The hell constitutional convention was so contentious, they could barely compromise on anything. That's why sometimes you got a really evil devil, and sometimes you got like the devil on like those devil hams or like hot <laughs> sauce. Well, that's why it's like, well, you go into the polls and you're just like, well, I'm just, I'm just, honestly, I'm just voting for the greater of two evils right now. Yeah. That's the best I can hope for. Uh, so she, he goes to see Jane, the woman from the zoo, in the in the mental hospital with Mendoza the priest and the doctor on duty is not happy to let them he in. He is a nerd. He is a real nerd who refuses to get up from his desk. And uh, when they go, he shows Jane the uh, the He's picture. Probably reading a fucking zoo book or something. <laughs> Yeah, Ranger Rick or some shit, nerd. Because he's apparently a little kid, too. <laughs> reading a zoo book. Yeah, you yeah, go see hippopotamus, her. who gives a shit? <laughs> I'll be busy reading up on old world monkeys. <laughs> so uh, he shows Jane his phone with a, that he took a picture of the inscription. That's and she great. responds by like laughing and then biting his arm till blood just flows copiously. Now, this copiously. is a common mistake. She, thought, she read his name, which is Eric Bana, and she thought... Must be Eric Banana. <laughs> She's wrong. It's Eric Banana. So I made the same mistake. Wait, you bit Eric Banana thinking he Just was a one banana? one time and blood went everywhere. Because he's a hemophiliac, I guess. Unlike <laughs> yeah. most people, all of his blood is just below that first layer of skin cells. But he it's, was really cool about it. No, he was totally... He's like, this, this happens all the time, <laughs> Good mate. Day, mate. Uh, the cheers, this happens all the time. Bonza. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. number of bloody Sheilas who have bit me arm. Yeah, do you do you want an autograph? And Stu's like, no thanks. <laughs> I'm too busy biting him. <laughs> you were the worst Hulk. Gotta go. What about Ed Norton? <laughs> he was right Cucamonga. I don't know flawless. if that's I guess that's not yep. Australian. Yeah, that was what he sounded uh, like in Flawless, <laughs> starring Philip Seymour Hoffman and Robert uh, De Niro. Hmm. Is the that movie? the movie where the guy takes the drug and becomes flawless? <laughs> no. His brain has no flaws. A, well, no, that would be terrible. All the wrinkles smooth out of his brain and he loses all of his knowledge. <laughs> we really shouldn't have invented this brain smoothening drug. It turns out people are not that bothered basically, by the wrinkles in their brain. Basically the uh, like a reverse flowers for Algernon, right? Yeah. <laughs> which, where he goes from smart to dumb and then what, smart again at the end? His life is fine? <laughs> They found a super intelligent mouse and gave it dumb drugs, well, and then like, it got smart again. Which they also just called drugs. <laughs> you make a good point. You make That's a good point. That's what the D stands for. I guess there's a reason they don't make movie about movies about magic drugs that make you dumb. Yeah, because that's just what drugs do. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, drugs a portmanteau for dumb drugs. <laughs> Yeah, just like hat is for head hat. For head hat. Everyone remembers that famous portmanteau. 
<laughs> so Mendoza explains that this inscription is some kind of Christian pagan inscription that opens a portal to let a demon into the human world. And some people are more susceptible to demons than others. And guess what? Eric Bana's cop has this special magic demon radar power that means that he, it's easier for demons to drive him super nutso. Uh, and it has to do with, they talk about how, Mendoza talks about how he was a big sinner before he became a priest. And, uh, they have this really cool conversation in a bar that's in the back of a firehouse. Yeah. Like, the only way you can get in there is you mean by like going through a firehouse. We're like firemen work, not the house that's on fire throughout all of Synecdoche, New York. Not that house at all. Okay. No. But uh, also, this is uh, where you realize, oh, this is why they're playing the doors, because they're trying to open a door to which the other is, world. They keep singing, break on through to the other side, because guess what Satan's trying to do? Mm-hmm. He's trying to love oh, her madly. Oh, <laughs> I get it. He's, he's trying to mojo Ryzen. <laughs> <laughs> it is the dumbest use of a song since I think when they were all singing "Time Is on My Side" in what was it called? Ascension. Oh, Fallen. No, Fallen. I think the dumbest use of a song is still that love scene in the Watchmen movie. Oh, when they sang "Hallelujah." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the that was pretty bad. That's yeah, the worst that's thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, the so they go they go to the apartment building where some stuff happens and uh, one, there's this great scene where they're in that that bar behind the firehouse and, oh, and the priest and, and is then, like dude you want to hear some fucking crazy shit <laughs> he plays, and he's he, like i don't want to hear your band bro <laughs> so he pulls out his fucking no no Zoom no but it's called it's called stigmata and it's a totally cool christian rock band yeah crucifictorious <laughs> he pulls out his zune and eric Bana pops in those fucking earbuds and he hits play and whoa he listens to audio of a real exorcist Super scary. It's much scarier than listening to audio of a real circumcision, (laughs) which is just a baby crying and someone spouting Hebrew and everyone in the family looking away. Because it's. Wait, you don't look at it? Well, here's the thing, and this will make me sound like a monster. When my son was circumcised, everyone else was kind of horrified and looked away, but I wanted to see how this worked. So I was watching the whole time and I found it fascinating. Mm hmm. And I was like, that's like, what they did to my penis when I was a baby. <laughs> Chopped off half of it, right? That's what oh, happens? Not half. That's, <laughs> yeah, they take out a tiny guillotine and they just cut it in half. Like a little cigar chopper? Like there, a is like a little, there is like a little cigar chopper that they use in part of it. Unless someone write in and tell me if I used a very unprofessional moil. But, uh, but anyway, that's you besides the point. You did a Groucho Marx impression? The, uh, there's a... <laughs> we, he took the foreskin and, and waggled it like a cigar and said, hello, I must be going, and then just flicked it out the window. And I was like, that's biological waste. Groucho Marx star away? of DuckTales? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Soup tails? <laughs> Tailspin? You're thinking of brain donors. <laughs> anyway, moving along, uh, they go to a building where uh, the 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 abusive husband from before, who's now turned into a full-on beast man, and I forgot to say that <laughs> earlier he attacked Eric Bana, and then and then uh, all fours galloped away through a window like uh, like uh, Leave Schreiber and Wolverine, <laughs> and uh, they they fight that guy, and meanwhile. Joel McHale is gone in the, in the uh, has the misfortune of falling afoul of Santino, who in one of the most lazy fights I've seen in a long time, uh, it's axe versus knife, and Santino just kind of like hits him with an axe a lot, and Joel McHale just gives up at a certain point. Yep. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's, like, like, it's time for my character to die. Just just stand up, Joel McHale. Just. Literally just stand up. Dan Harmon's back on community. It's time for me to go. (laughs) (laughs) 
Chevy left. Okay, I'm done with this movie. I'll go back to that. And uh, <laughs> I like, yeah, I like that idea. It's like, write me out. <laughs> like the screenwriter's just on set. Yeah, <laughs> you're in the end of the movie. Make a big write fight or something. <laughs> Take me out of the fight. Well, there was all that what about fo- your whole arc. There's the, all the foreshadowing with you and that and that knife. Why why would we put that in if not <laughs> to use it later? Whatever, whatever. I don't know. But uh, six seasons of movie. I, at this point, I was not sure why those evil characters were hanging around that building still. The, here's the, the the villains. This movie can, tend to like hang around in places they think the heroes will show up in, mm-hmm. and then attack the heroes and then run away. It's kind of like how occasionally in a, taking a bite of Eric Banana. <laughs> Eric Banana gets bitten a couple times. It's like how in the the Tim Burton Batman, the first one, uh-huh. Batman's bat plane crashes into a building that all the Joker's henchmen just happen to already be hiding in to be ready to fight Batman, like he's in the uh, level from a video game. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, Gotham City at that point was lousy with Joker henchmen. So you're saying every building in the city had some Joker henchmen in it, just in case. Yeah, I mean, he he converted the populace pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's well, true. Like, look at all these great out. Wilson's leather jackets I get to wear. <laughs> Throwing a lot of money. Well, that's there's a lot of money. He goes, Berets. He goes, Batman, I'm giving out free money. Now who do you trust? And it's like, well, I mean, I like you more because you're giving me money. I don't still don't trust you. You're a hideous clown man who... <laughs> conjured up a parade out of nowhere with like a big duck float or something and now you're throwing the most horrifying balloons I've ever seen and like uh, to be honest a and guy, you destroyed the art gallery yeah like, those were priceless paintings except for the Francis Bacon of all things a painting nobody likes and that the idea that I gave you money so you trust me right no if anything I'm kind of wondering where this money came from <laughs> it seems kind of shady but I like that you gave me money and it probably smells weird yeah Oh, sure, because Joker keeps it in his armpit. Yeah, like Smilex or whatever. It's Well, does the money have Smilex on it? I don't remember. I don't know. The He's balloons got, have Smilex in them. Oh, uh, okay, should just put it on the money. Yeah. Then they're after people are going to grab that man. money yeah. and smear it all over themselves. Because that's what you do with money when, you, when it flies off of a parade floor. You just smear it on your face, yeah. Like, oh, God, so good. Oh, am like, I pretty like per- now, like mother? A per- like a perfume sample? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like when you walk through a mall and they're just spraying money at you. Everyone, you're like, stop it. Mm, I smell like everyone's pants pockets. (laughs) Smell like the inside of an automated teller machine. Like a clown's handkerchief. (laughs) Clown's hanky is a a perfume that I'd like to see them sell. From Calvin, from Clownvin Klein, or Calvin Clown. Calvin Clown. The obvious. I'm missing all the obvious puns tonight. Calvin Clown would would show that one. Anyway, uh, he's the he's unhappy. He's been losing it, getting mad at his family. Uh, Eric Bana. He has a wife and a daughter. We haven't really mentioned it. Eric Bana is supposed to be spending too much time at work, but we clearly saw him attending his daughter's soccer game earlier. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that's all about. Yeah. So but he's a good dad, soccer dad. He comes. He finds out that his wife and daughter have been kidnapped by Santino. He is not happy. And stealing a card from Seven and other movies that are too lazy to have the hero actually find the villain. Santino just shows up in Eric Bana's house because it's time for Act Three. And tells him, hey, will you let a demon inside you? Because then I'll tell you where your wife and daughter is. He says no and arrests Santino. Santino is no longer putting up a fight. He's not biting anybody except himself for the rest of the movie. Because the devil is very conscious of plot structure and how much time is left in the movie. Yeah. And that it's act three now. we got to get moving. Uh, they have an exorcism in an interrogation room. And frankly, it w- I was thinking while we were watching it, it would be a pretty neat 
concept to have an exorcism done at like a police interrogation where the priest and the cop are acting good cop, bad cop, but they're not. It's just your standard interrogation scene. They yell a lot of Latin prayers at him while he just screams and it like the lights flicker on and off and he bites his own leg and then he extends his neck back for no, no reason. This is where I and started. He's all, and he's got lots of words carved into him. Yeah, like Zaz. Like Zaz, but with words. <laughs> it's like if Zaz meets Memento. In a movie I like to call The Murderer and the Memory Man. <laughs> This is where I started dozing off. Was there ever any payoff to like the other cop who came and like looked in the window and he's like, "What the hell?" No, he there's just some says, sort of exorcism going on. He just on said, in "What there. the fuck?" a couple times. Oh, here. So I skipped over. Maybe part, there's I a post credit scene we didn't see. Yeah, we a find stinger. where he's waiting and he's like, "Guys, are you gonna book this guy or what?" But uh, <laughs> somebody let me out of this interrogation. Like, <laughs> I've lost my key. <laughs> I mean, it really seemed like the next scene was like him like breaking in with a bunch of other cops to shut down this rogue exorcism that was going. That would have been. No that would have made sense. That didn't happen. The, yeah. But then he saw, I guess, the real exorcism, and he was like, gotta go. Yeah. I forgot to, uh, there's a part where Mendoza, after... Uh, the drug dealer. <laughs> after after Joel McHale is killed, Eric Bann reveals to Mendoza, the drug dealing priest, that uh, <laughs> there's a darkness in his soul, and he's had it ever since he, when he was off duty once, he knew that there was a child killer on the loose, and where the, the desk sergeant is giving everyone their assignment, he goes, this guy's... He's had 11 counts of child assault and now two accounts of child murder. So <laughs> go out and get this guy off the streets. And it's like, how do you know he did so many things this? If you, I mean, catch him. But uh, where Eric Bana walks by a crime scene where a six year old girl has been killed and stuffed in a garbage can, thus producing the second of the <laughs> Talk garbage bail. About a garbage bail kid. As Stewart said, it's okay, they're fictional characters, it's not real. Yeah. Eric Bana, even though he was out with his family, he notices that he's so horrified with the crime scene and then he recognizes the killer has shown up to be a spectator. He chases after him and then just punches him to death. Mm-hmm. He is not brought up street on charges, justice. I guess. He yeah, he gives him full street justice. And the thing is the movie goes so like they 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 bring this up in the first place because it's supposed to be something that haunts him, like some some sin that is haunting and him. And so this image that he's been that's been flashing in his memory is the bloody face this guy killed and the laughter of the children who are at the scene. But they make no effort to actually make it seem like he did anything wrong in this case. Like they made this guy clearly out to be some kind of demon monster. He's the worst of the worst. He's a child killer, child rapist. It's like the it's like how in Rambo, just to make sure you're not on board with the leader of the evil Burmese military guys, they also make him a pedophile. Like, they've stacked the deck so far in favor of you not really caring that Eric Bana killed somebody because he's the evilest man that ever lived, you know, this side of Santini, the, the devil man. Mm-hmm. And Mendoza is like, I absolve you of your father. sin. <laughs> you know? uh, because the, the worst sin of all is not loving your children. Hi. I'm Paul. Du- I'm Patrick Duffy. I'm Paul Duffy. I'm, Paul Patrick- Dano. I'm, I'm, Paul- I'm Brian Dennehy. I'm Paul Dano from There Will Be Blood, where the guy abandoned his boy. Pretty bad, right? He was not a good dad. He was a bad dad, much like Gerard Butler in the movie Bad, bad dad, dad, Soccer Dad. Don't be like that. Be a good dad. I'm Paul Dano. The more you know, the my more name, I'm Paul Dano. I'd like to change my name officially to Paul Dado, <laughs> just to show how much I support dads. Hi. I'm Patrick Duffy, <laughs> star of Step by Step and other things too. And I'm here to talk to you about dads. 
have I've, one today. I've considered the more changing you know, my name to Dadrick Duffy. <laughs> to Patrick Daddy. But that would be creepy. Hello. <laughs> because then people would call me Mr. Daddy when I showed up at hotels, and that's weird. Hey, Dan. Hello, I'm P. Diddy. <laughs> Another celebrity with the initials P.D. Gotta go. Not even gonna change his name to P. Daddy? It's or, right there. Or Penis Department. <laughs> penis Diddy. Hi, I'm Penis Diddy. A song about a penis that goes like this. Diddy, 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 diddy. Whoa. Uh. Hi, my name's Daddy Duchovny. I'm David Duchovny's dad. And I'd like to talk to you about being a dad. <laughs> Welcome to my new show, The D-Files. The D does not stand for dad. It stands for dick. I'm a member of the NYPD. Not the New York Penis Department. The New York Police Dicks. We solve penis-related crimes using only our penises. The more you know. Let me stop this tape right there. Are the rest of these NBC public service promos all about penises? Uh, yeah, we got out of the horror movie business because that pitch we did about the hair and the eyeballs didn't go so well. We got into this. They seem to be working along that cop plus not a cop formula. (laughs) In this case, it's penis, not a penis. And dads are involved somehow. Well, absentee fathers are a major problem. But what does that have to do with penises? Well, you can't be a dad without a penis. Let's just get one thing straight. Please leave my office. (laughs) So anyway, uh, there, there's a whole so he so he has that sin because he killed that guy. Uh, they have the whole exorcism. It goes on for a long time, and it is one of these things where here's what I'm just gonna say. And you know what? This might be controversial. I'll allow it. Thank you. You, you don't, don't know what it is. Go on. <laughs> I've always I've always thought exorcisms are not scary because I don't believe in that religion, mm-hmm. and I don't buy into that basic premise. But they're especially not scary because here's how an exorcism goes. A demon is restrained in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yelling at you. You yell back at it, and eventually yeah. it leaves. You're like, get out of here, demon. Go get skedaddle. So, like, essentially... Get deal- along, little demon. Kind of. <laughs> in the name of Christ, go away. And the demon's like, ooh, you got me. I didn't know you knew the Jesus trick. <laughs> I didn't realize you knew that the evil, that the enemy of demons is the most famous religious figure on the planet. Gotta go, I guess. But it's you deal with a demon the same way you deal with, like, a homeless man under your window who won't go away, who's yelling really loud, where you so go, you hey, him? go away, <laughs> go away. And then he mm. does, like... So there's this demon is never a threat to them in this scene, and they defeat him. They manage to expunge the demon. They expel him, and then they find his wife and daughter. Turns out they were with the paint truck, and they have mm-hmm. another baby, and Mendoza baptizes the baby. And they go, do you reject Satan and all his evil or whatever? And Eric Bana, he might as well have looked at the damn camera and goes, Yes. And he totally winks. And yeah. then the credits roll. Big twist ending. He rejects yeah! Satan. <laughs> this twist <laughs> ending is that he doesn't turn evil, if only, I guess. Yeah, if only the end credits played with, like, pleased to meet you. <laughs> Sympathy for the devil. Sympathy for the devil, you Sympathy mean? Sympathy for the devil. <laughs> pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you, I'm the devil. Because I like to call songs by just random lines that are in them. <laughs> that is not the, that is the most well-known line you remember, in that song. You remember it, but it's not the name of the song. You know that you know that great Billy Joel song, Harry Truman, Doris Day. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Maloney down on Mulligan Street. <laughs> what? I'm moving up. <laughs> moving up, yeah. Um. So, this is time to make our final judgments on this movie. Was it totally scarifying? 
totally snorifying or frightening the funny. In my case, it was literally snorifying. <laughs> it literally put you to sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to invent a new category called category category. I'm going to invent a new category called grossly goopifying mm-hmm. because okay. it was a really gory, gross movie. And I have yeah. to admit, there was part of me that like. It was a little too gory at times, but it like it was disgusting. Oh, it, yeah, but it was upset like upset your little tummy. It, it, my 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 tummy was like, good thing there's only Popeyes fried chicken in here because that's like, it, like having a velvet pillow or a <laughs> silk <laughs> silk shawls in here. It's so soft. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I might be pazooking all over the place. But uh, the fact to see, I haven't seen a lot of modern horror movies that are actually like gross out movies. Yeah, they're usually just jump out and scary movies, or they're like sadistic torture movies. And it was nice to see a movie that had some gross gory stuff in it but mm-hmm. almost all the scares were just like quiet 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 boo a thing jumped at you and that got very repetitive it was a very like <clears throat> generic movie it felt very stitched together from other horror movies yeah though it did have a great scene where a crazy lady kills mm-hmm. a doctor and then walks toward the camera holding the ring of keys in her mouth like a puppy dog. Oh, i forgot about that yeah jane escapes Merely so that she can jump off a building in front of Eric Bana's car. And Eric Bana acts, reacts to this like nothing, like someone threw a can in the street. Eric like, Bana's reactions to most things in this movie are like, oh, I guess I got another dead body on my hands. The, in this movie, you have the most apathetic cop versus the most apathetic demon-controlled man. They're both kind of like, whatever, okay. Uh, but I forgot the part where Jane escapes... She kills the the doctor who came to bring her some lunch, I guess. And yeah, she crawls out with the keys in her mouth and her eyes wide open, staring at the camera like, are you buying this? <laughs> and everyone in this movie would be scarier if they didn't have a lot of goopy clown paint on their face. But it's yeah. like, it's hard for me to believe these as real people who were possessed by a demon when they're already painted up like a fucking juggalo. Yes. So, Stuart, what was your judgment? Uh, what are the fucking categories again? <sighs> you thought it was snorifying. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was snorifying <laughs> with a dash of goopy, gross, goobly Go guts. for guts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for guts. <laughs> um, Is this a camp sing-along? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eat, go eat worms. So what's the next part of this podcast? Dan? So we uh, talked we, about we Delivers from Evil, as we do every week. We leave? What do we do now? Uh, well, now <laughs> Turn we... off the computer and we leave. <laughs> Turn off the lights. Uh, letters from listeners uh, before... Is this the part where one of us kisses you, Dan, and you have your eyes closed and you have to guess which one of us it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, were you not recording those all this time? <laughs> you said it was the most popular part of the podcast. <laughs> you went immediately towards that... You jumped to that so quickly. Like, <laughs> there was no evidence for that. <laughs> um, uh, well, uh, I knew it all the time. Um, I was just in it for the anonymous kisses. Mm-hmm. So before Which we... is also the name of my erotica pen name, Anonymous Kisses. <laughs> but the backstory is that he's Greek. <laughs> before we get into Before we get into normal letters, uh, I want to thank some people for sending us gifts. Uh the first is for me. They're it's always a... for you. I rarely get gifts, which is fine. I'm not at, I'm not fishing for gifts. <laughs> it's a gift from Lawrence Allen who writes, "Hi Dan, I didn't know what to get you, but then I remembered that you like butts." <laughs> So here's a movie about them. Anyway, hang in there, uh, buddy. The Flop Nation's pulling for you from Lawrence Allen. And uh, you got me Tinto Brass's Cheeky. Oh, a classic movie about butts. A film that I admit that I'm already familiar with, but now I'm (laughs) glad to own a a copy. Display it proudly in your home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the unrated English version. so. So would you call Tinto Brass the poet laureate of butts? I would call him that. Uh, it's amazing how some directors have themes. Alfred Hitchcock's would often be like the fear of being accused of a crime you didn't commit. Uh, and uh, 
Francis Ford Coppola's would be what like that Jack was too old for his yeah. age, uh, and uh, Steven Spielberg is often about the wonder of innocence and childhood, and Tinder Brass is his butts. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's so many movies out there about subjects that don't that aren't worth a movie being about, like you yeah. know, a cop doing exorcisms or something. Mm-hmm. Finally, there's a movie out there about something that. Uh, is an endless source of... Yeah, celebration of uh, the pinnacle of human existence. Yeah. Uh, is it a coincidence that his last name has ass in it? <laughs> Dinto Brass? What do you mean, like, if it's a coincidence? I mean, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> What's a coincidence? <laughs> Explain that phenomenon to me. I don't know. <laughs> Very different from Tintin Brass. I want well, <laughs> Nope. Done with Tintin jokes. <laughs> I wonder what the actual uh, Italian name of this movie is because i assume it's i assume that cheeky it's probably does not, not cheeky. Uh, it doesn't translate, probably translate. Like, like whatever's italian for butts yeah um so thank you very much lauren there's that's a special a great, feature on this called gift. backstage with tinto brass <laughs> you know what that means mm-hmm. butts yeah what else you got there dan uh this goes like this okay it says dear peaches happy shocktober the Flophouse is my favorite bad movie podcast by a wide margin. You three have brought me so much joy. I thought it was only right to give something back. In the form of handmade accessories. Bow ties, to be exact. I'm not a Doctor Who fan. I actually hate that show. The Grey Owl bow ties for Elliot. Because of his know-it-all tendencies and, they rem- and how they remind me of a cartoon owl. Oh, thanks. The multicolored one is for Stuart because it has the most spooks per square inch. Okay. The glow-in-the-dark <laughs> spiderweb bow tie. That's because I'm, I don't know, like an international guy. Wait, why is <laughs> International that? guy catalog. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your best source for dudes. I'm a cosmopolitan fellow. Yeah. The glow-in-the-dark spiderweb bow ties for Dan, because Dan is my favorite and I wanted him to have the coolest one. Well, thank you. Uh, owls are pretty cool. Stay spooky, fellas. Yours truly, Liz, middle name, young, withheld young. P.S. If you wanted to plug my bow tie store... Subtlestitchery.etsy.com. That would be cool. Subtle Stitchery? Yeah. Subtlestitchery.etsy.com. Thanks for the bow ties. Thank Uh, you. Even though they were a way of just having us mention your business on it. uh, What are we, Star Jones at her wedding? Should we take some pictures of us tying each other up erotically with these uh, bow ties? I don't think we should do that. Oh, and they're they're the easy type of bow tie. You don't have to figure out how to... Oh, good. You don't have to spend a lot to get them in the sack. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Just take them to like a McDonald's or. <laughs> I mean, like put a little a, bit of effort into like a, it. Like a Chuck E. Cheezers. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheezers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chuck E. Teasers. So, uh, Stuart, when do your business cards start saying Cosmopolitan Fellow? Because they should. <laughs> Trying to put this bow tie That's gonna on. That's going to be my new Twitter. Even though this is the easy kind, I'm still having trouble with it. Yeah. I think my neck is too fat. <laughs> I think ties? I think all these bow ties were made a little too Hold slim on. on the neck to make us feel bad, <laughs> <laughs> or to all strangle right, us to death. I got it. Now I, I got finally to tighten it up. Those flop guys. All right, there you go. This is the music you tighten up bow ties to. <laughs> okay, how's well, mine is, look, Dan? This is great. It's amazing. Do I look like a genius owl? This is great podcasting. So <laughs> yeah. everyone who's listening can see us with our bow ties on, right? <laughs> yeah, Dan. What do we read? Another letter or something? <laughs> okay. Uh, hold on. I gotta get it out of my pocket. <laughs> well, great producing, man. <laughs> this is why we want all those potties. Which is not a, a word for podcast, but a word for things that belong in the toilet. <laughs> um, I do like the feel of this bow tie, though. 
Uh, it looks good on you. It matches you. your polo shirt. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it does. I it doesn't at- go very well with your newspaper boy cap. No, it doesn't. Which is turned backwards. Because it's because I'm cool, like Joe Pantoliano. <laughs> so this first one goes like this. Uh, Dear Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail. About six months after listening to episode 155, I saw a copy of Last Vegas in the dollar bin, dollar bin at the grocery store. I was delighted to see that your critique Money of well groceries. <laughs> groceries. <laughs> I was delighted to see that your critique of this walking Viagra pill was spot on. Given your obvious ability to tell the future, I have a role playing slash choose your own adventure question for each of you. Dan, if you couldn't be the titular hero, and would it still be titular if she was called Butsy the Vampire Slayer? Which <laughs> There's got to be something called that already. Which character in the Buffy Whedonverse is most like you? Elliot, leaving aside Spidey Parker, which character in the Marvel Make Money Hand Over Fist universe is most like you? Stu, if you couldn't be one of the power triumvirate of Luke Leia Han, which character in the Star Wars Marvel More Money Than God universe is most like you? Now, I'd say that um, I'm sort of a combo Xander Giles. I combine the... <laughs> I don't know these characters. I combine the underappreciated... Uh, uh, lovability, yet uh, no one cares about him-ness of Xander, and the tweedy dis- uh, disapproval of Giles. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't know that show that well. Uh, no, I'd, I think that's fair. I'd like to think um, that if I'm not... Uh, You're like a MODOK type. Yeah, well, I'd like to think that if I'm not <laughs> Spider-Man, I'm like Nightcrawler or Beast, but I'm probably MODOK. Just a, just a little guy in a chair complaining about stuff and designed only for killing. Uh, I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear. Uh, I think if I was in the Star Wars universe, I would be the you know the eternal uh, uh, best friend and hype man, Greedo Chewbacca, oh, aka Chewba- Stewbacca. <laughs> Stu- that's interesting. Uh, re- my, I have a a large size Chewbacca. I feet. also know how to use. I'm proficient in bowcaster use. <laughs> Uh, I, we have a large Chewbacca toy at home that my son Sammy likes to play with, and lately he's been putting his old shoes on it. Mm-hmm. So I realized my son has invented his first pun, Chewbacca. <laughs> nice. I'm very proud of him. Uh, this next letter is along these lines, exactly. Because <laughs> you're reading it. <laughs> Dearest Peaches, for years my father has been insisting that I watch the Wayans Brothers dwarf-slash-cat-burglar movie Little Man. It has become a running joke for us. Uh, premise stolen from a Warner Brothers cartoon. But it is based in his genuine affection for the piece. I recently gave him the Criterion edition of Nikiru for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's falling on deaf ears. <laughs> and he refuses to watch it with me unless I watch Little Man alone first. My Wait, re- he wants you to watch it alone, not even with him? Because he doesn't want to, like, fuck up your experience? doesn't want to bias it. Yeah. Because he loves it so much, he's going to be saying all the lines along at the same time. He's going to be slapping him on the leg going, watch this part, watch this part. He's going to get up and start uh, play-acting out some of the scenes, (laughs) like no theater. Uh, My resistance might break soon. Dan, I assume they've shown this movie on planes. Is it really that bad? What should I do? Brian, last name withheld. Uh, I've never, I've not seen Little Man. Has anyone seen Little Man? You haven't seen... It's like Aquafan over here. I remember the trailer. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailer and saying, that was the plot of a Bugs Bunny cartoon, (laughs) sir. (laughs) And you are no Bugs Bunny. And you, Wayans, are no Bugs Bunny. But yeah, I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. I've seen Little Man Tate. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen Little Big Man. Are those the same movie? We've seen those, yeah. 
I've seen Big Trouble in Little Man China. <laughs> seen Man on Fire. Little Man on I Fire. I wish I was watching Dan on Fire, the movie where Dan takes revenge. Oh, okay. By sticking a grenade in somebody's butt. They just wanted to set me on fire, and I wasn't very happy with it. Yeah, that is not a good thing to do. That's the Wicker Dan is the movie where I set Dan <laughs> on fire. The Wicker Dan. You put an English policeman inside of Dan and then set it on fire. No, Stu, killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey. That's true. That's true. Oh, but it, it sells pretty well on the farmer's market, Stuart Wellington's goddamn honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's all farm fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, sorry. We haven't seen Little Man. Don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Win one of them flop contests. I think your dad might not be the right person to watch Akiru, as as brilliant a movie as it is. So, last letter of the evening. Dear floppers, while listening through archived episodes, I've been delighted again and again by all the references to Phantasm. You see, my father was a Phantasm fan when I was a kid. Phantasm. Back mm-hmm. before I had ever heard of anyone but him, back before I had ever heard anyone but him talk about the movie. As a result, it is the first horror film I can ever remember seeing, and I saw it at quite a tender age. The first time I ever saw a VCR in my life was when my father rented one just to watch a tape of Phantasm he had acquired. He recorded some <laughs> audio... mysterious <laughs> means. <laughs> he, record, he recorded some audio... It all started with some tuning forks. <laughs> uh, he recorded some audio from it, specifically the sequence leading up to the famous cry of, Boy! And later used that tape for atmosphere as he passed out Halloween candy. He even had my fifth birthday. <laughs> Not just like during dinner yeah. <laughs> to wake you up in the morning or anything. <laughs> you eat a good dinner, boy. Now do your chores. He even had my fifth birthday cake inscribed, you play a good game, girl. This would have been in November 1979. I think that reference fell on deaf ears. I'm including <laughs> links to two photos of my fifth birthday cake. One including me, my clothing should prove it was the late 1970s, and one just with the cake and its fantastic glory. Uh, if you're not glory. holding up that day's newspaper, then I don't know what to <laughs> I tell you. I hope you enjoy. And she has a P.S. I graduated from Earlham College in 1996, which I think means I'm probably a little too old to have met the Earlhamite floppers there. Yeah, that was when I graduated from high school. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we just missed each other. I was still in high school, but I didn't I was, go to Earlham. So I was probably matter. swimming in my dad's ball sack back then. But, in uh, 1996? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. This is from Heather, last name withheld, and I like unless unless you had some sort of an inner space accident and were injected into it. So I have the photos from Heather, last name withheld, and I they're quite Aww, adorable. They are adorable. The it's so cake, the phantasm cake with a five year old girl. What's weird is that everything everything else in the room in the room party room is peanuts themed. It's all Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I guess a lot great. of the people at the at the party were like, I don't remember Snoopy saying that. <laughs> it's not a famous line. Well, originally Angus Grimm was going to play Snoopy, and then they just got Snoopy the <laughs> dog to play Snoopy. That. Good grief, boy. <laughs> so I guess Charlie Brown says good grief. That's right. I feel like if you hadn't already met your soulmate, then the Heather might be the girl for you. Mm-hmm. Or at least her dad. <laughs> <laughs> so so she he's do, so what I'm doing with my son and Spider-Man He's doing with his, he did with his daughter and Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar. Although I have been teaching my son to say Ghostbusters in response to who are you going to call? He really likes the Ghostbusters song. We've been dancing to it a lot at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ask him, I go, who are you going to call? And I can see him struggling to remember it like it's on the tip of his tongue. And I go, Ghostbusters? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I mean, well, at least he's learned the lesson. Whether he, you know whether or not he can express it himself. That's true. He knows it. Yeah, yeah. he knows it when he hears it. This if way, someone you have, suggests it to him. This is why you have kids. He'll to, make the call to force your interests upon <laughs> them. 
until they rebel against them. Yeah. He's going to be like, this is the Ghostbusters from my generation, Dad. They're women. Does that frighten you? And we're like, no. <laughs> um, so, is your childhood ruined, Dad? <laughs> and you're like, son, your voice is so deep. <laughs> <laughs> you play a good game, Dad. The more you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Angus Scrim for Dad Tazzle. <laughs> it's a horror movie about Daddy that. is my name. <laughs> B standing for Phantasm. Phantasm Daddy. <laughs> then my PD is the New York Phantasm Daddies. You, if there was the New York Phantasm Department, Stuart, I, you would run out and apply for that right away. The mayor would apply, would say, would I'd start growing my little mustache to, to be a fresh recruit. Mm-hmm. So you can be one of three things. You can either be you're a kid, out, an ice cream man, or an orb. You're just out there on the New York streets with a baseball bat, swatting or- orbs out of the sky. <laughs> no, Awesome. Catching the occasional robed dwarf. You're just yelling, mm-hmm. get out of here, you stupid phantasm orbs. <laughs> Even the street's safe. What, you, what you, they do that is... That mother is strong. For a long time, the, the policy was you just bought the orb a ticket, a, a bus <laughs> ticket to Boston, mm-hmm. and just send it on its way. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like your kind around here. <laughs> Imagining the orb just like floating above a seat, <laughs> moving along with the bus. You see this baseball bat? This means not welcome. <laughs> and then there's an orb in the rain with its hair slicked down. <laughs> yeah, it's <says>, coward. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so so you're comparing the Jewish character in School Ties to some sort of inhuman killer metal orb. <laughs> I don't know how so how this became the most anti-Semitic podcast in the world that that. Gizmo is working for Hitler, and the orbs from Phantasm are Jews. Just saying, that's revisionist history. Uh, so do we recommend things now, Dan? Yeah, yeah what do we do? And then we bring this to a blessed end. The part of the How podcast. have we talked so long about oh, this? Oh, my God. This is the part of the podcast where we make recommendations of movies that you should watch instead of what it's we watched. because we spent like 20 minutes putting on our bow ties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> podcast magic. Uh, and... Uh, you know, you gonna jam some movie knowledge in somebody's ear, Dan? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I recommend Jing Cheeky. <laughs> jam it right in there. I mean, yeah, Just fill it up, dude. Yeah, I mean, my number one recommendation is Cheeky. <laughs> but if uh, you want a Shocktober recommendation, I just uh, recently on <laughs> watch Cheeky while wearing a ghost costume. <laughs> uh, I just recently watched on Netflix streaming Hellbound Hellraiser Two, which I had. No expectations for, and wound up loving it. It's totally crazy. It's super crazy, right? It starts off like with a skinless man being stretched apart, and <laughs> it doesn't slow down from there. Uh, there's a scene with a guy using a razor to cut bugs off of him, mm-hmm. and then like later on, the hero like goes through a psycho ward into a crazy alternate universe Alice in Wonderland pinhead world. Did Clyde Barker direct that one? I don't think so. No, I think no. I looked it up. He did, he did not direct it, which means that it's a little more coherent than yeah. <laughs> Hellraiser, even though it's still totally nutty. And uh, that's I think that's how it was uh, how it was advertised was uh, uh, more coherent than than Hellraiser, but still totally nutty. <laughs> Tons of nuts, but um, <laughs> like a fucking them. like a fucking payday. <laughs> I was, I, Sometimes you feel like this movie. Sometimes you don't. I was saying to Stu that uh, in the 80s, there were a uh, a whole school of 
horror movies that were kind of this fantasy horror movie, uh, like uh, some of the later Nightmare on Elm Streets or Phantasm as it went along. JFK. Where, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, another Clive Barker film, Nightbreed. But uh, movies where it's all about like crazy dream imagery, like horrific dream imagery. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of a type of horror movie that you don't see anymore. That sort of crossover horror fantasy, uh, just zaniness. And uh, I miss it. The and horror is a lot more earthbound <clears throat> and grimy. Yeah. Well, days. and also, it's the, uh, I mean, those movies were expensive when yeah. they made them. And now people realize, like, oh, just give me a fucking camcorder and I can make a found footage movie. Give me a laptop and I can make an unfriended four or whatever. Yeah. That's true. I think that, yeah, there's a, there's a, there was a sense for a while that maybe they're like similar to, uh, it's not exactly the same, but similar to like punk stripping away all the excess and weirdness of 70s rock. That like the, the types of movies that were more like, either found footage or torture porn were like stripping back to yeah. the elements. And maybe it's time that that pendulum swung back in the other direction. Yeah, except for I don't think I would like the new version of it because these old movies had such beautiful practical effects. And I feel like if they did a new version of that, it would look like Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. It'd be like Crimson Peak, which comes out this weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess Crimson Peak is that kind of movie. Supposedly, I haven't seen it because it hasn't come out yet. Anyway, watch it. You can see it on Netflix. Streaming. Dreaming indeed. Now, for people who haven't seen the first Hellraiser, would you say that you'll be totally lost? No. None of those movies make any sense. That's you can true. Jump right into this. Your story checks out. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we know he's not a pinhead trying to trick us. <laughs> uh, I don't have a Shocktober recommendation. I just have a regular one. So Good. I have, I have an awesome sl- a Sloptober recommendation. Sloptober. Sloptober it's called screwballs because these are slobs. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to recommend a Shocktober spookifying scare-em-up <laughs> called Deathgasm, available on VOD right now. Uh, Deathgasm is Video a... Video of death. That's what it means. Deathgasm is a kind of like a splatter horror comedy from New Zealand that uh, clearly is a, uh, clearly has a lot of love for early Sam Raimi and Peter Jackson and even some like Edgar Wright stuff. Um, and it's about a pair of metalhead dudes who uh, get together and they form a heavy metal band. And by playing a song that they find in a in a weird abandoned house, they summon a demon from hell and then they have to kill a bunch of demons in the process. Um, and it has a lot of uh, practical special effects. It's gross. Uh, it's funny. And it's got a lot of good uh, heavy metal music. So totally check it out, uh, Deathgasm. Uh, I, you know what? I realized I do have a Shocktober recommendation, so I'm going to recommend two movies real quick. One is Shocktober, one is not. For Shocktober, an old classic that I don't remember if I've recommended before. If I have, I apologize. And that is Mad Love, starring Peter Lorre, uh, mm, which is a movie one. that is super creepy and weird. He is this creepy bald guy who becomes obsessed with an actress who is in like a Grand Guinal type, I don't know how to pronounce it, type theater of blood and the grotesque, and whose, the woman's husband is a surgeon, uh, and, or the woman is a piano player. I can't remember what the husband does. Well, the point is, he loses his hands in a train accident, and Peter Lorre replaces them with a knife-throwing murderer's hands. But that, the hands are kind of forgotten because Peter Lorre's character is so creepy and scary that you don't really need it. 
Uh, but it's a really effective, tight little creepy thriller movie that uh, I think Carl Freund was who directed it, the guy who was a cinematographer for Metropolis, and he directed The Mummy. Uh, so that's my Shocktober recommendation so we can get some old movies in here. And then I saw a new movie recently that doesn't need my help to become successful because it's a top movie right now, but I saw a movie called The Mars Man starring Max Demon, <laughs> directed by Gridley Spot. <laughs> but uh, I saw The Martian and I enjoyed it a lot. I liked. It sounded a lot scarier before. Yeah, it's a, but what what's scarier than being trapped on a planet by yourself? That's frightening, dude. And you got to mm-hmm. make your own food. Uh, the movie is a little too like winky clever sometimes, and there's one too many montages set to pop songs. But mm-hmm. uh, overall, it's like a really like just engrossing movie where of a very old fashioned science fiction type where there's a problem. People need to find a solution for it, and they just work through solutions until they can try to solve the problem. And I found it really refreshing because, one, there's no villain in the movie. Everyone's on the same page, and they all want the same thing, but, like, they have different ideas of how to get it. But I was waiting for, like, the evil person who wants to leave Matt Damon up there because it's good publicity for NASA or something, and that never happens uh, so it was like a movie like played by Paul Reiser. Yeah, exactly. well, basically, Paul Reiser and aliens, yeah. And uh, it's like, a movie about teamwork and problem solving that was just like kind of an upbeat movie about a semi-realistic problem. Like, and it felt, this is something I was uh, tweeting about, about it. So if you've read my Twitter feed, you've seen this, but it felt like, <laughs> so, I don't know, but it said like, it felt like seeing a movie where if America was like a functioning socialist or communist country, this is the type of movie we would make in a good way where mm-hmm. it's like, America is exploring for science. Uh Uh-oh, a problem. Time for everyone to work together as a team to solve it. And that shouldn't work dramatically as well as it does, but it does work dramatically. The characters are a little thin, and Matt Damon never seems to be all that bothered by the fact that he's trapped on Mars, but otherwise it was really good. Four great recommendations. We did it. I'm going to go off uh, script here a little bit, and Dan can edit this out if he wants. Uh, but I would like to propose a toast. A, I would like to propose to another Dan. ill-defined flophouse contest because mm. I need some help from you listeners out there in uh, I don't know the rest of the world. See, I'm opening up a little bar, Hinterlands Bar. You can find us on Facebook. We're going to be on Church Avenue in Brooklyn. Um, and one of the things that I would like to do is have a personalized uh, kind of artistic choking victim poster. Um, because every bar or restaurant has to have a choking victim poster, but you can add a little bit of your own, uh, have your own like flavor to it. So what I would like to do is I'm going to propose to Dan, you guys can veto this on air if you want, but I was going to suggest that we do a contest where, uh, you flop folks can put together your, uh, your best version of a, a choking victim poster, you artsy types. Um, and all the rules for what you would need to have to include on that poster will be on the Flophouse website when this episode airs. Um, and uh, I think, what, about two weeks? Two weeks from when this airs, I'd like to have it uh, have all the entries in, and then we'll do, uh, we'll do a short voting. Uh, the specifics will all be on the website. And uh, the winner will be, of course, used, um, and we'll maybe get to pick a movie for us to watch. Dan? Sure. Sure. You'll get to pick a movie that isn't nothing but trouble. 
Well, nothing uh, but trouble is banned from these contests yeah, until uh, maybe our maybe our final episode of all time. When you see nothing when, but trouble pop up in your podcast, you like, know that we're done. Yeah, we have crossed over into uh, another hell. World. Uh, and everybody else who <laughs> enters but doesn't win will certainly get uh, a free drink if they come by my bar and uh, some other kind of ill-defined thing that will be on the website. <laughs> You're really putting a lot Fire. of work into for Dan. Yeah. No, I'll take care of that part. Okay. Uh, so yeah. contest. I wasn't paying attention to that, so you just worked. You were out just looking at the back of that cheeky DVD you got. <laughs> yeah. Why look at the back when the front has just a lady's butt on it? Yeah. Here's what I like about the DVD case: is it's called cheeky. <laughs> it the, snaps. The cover <laughs> opens easily. I give it an A plus. <laughs> As advertised. Snaps closed with a slight push. Good one, Entertainment <laughs> Weekly over here. <laughs> Sits on the shelf comfortably. It's the same shape and size as my other DVDs, so they all look of a piece together, and I like that about them. Now, some would say that the that the the covering over the insert with the name and the title is too shiny, but I think it's just shiny enough. Uh, Says the, the inserts, name along the spine. The insert, that's amazing for organizing. The the summary insert with the cover is uh, cut wells so that none of it peeks out of the plastic sleeve. So that looks very professional on the shelf as well. But I like is it's called cheeky. It's a woman lifting up her skirt on the front. On the back, it keeps talking about what a sensual feast it is, and then the bottom for mature audiences. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Oh, it's not a kids' film. This this <laughs> tribute to women's hinders is not for the not for the whole family to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I recommend the DVD case for cheeky to anyone who wants to store DVDs or put something on their shelf. The movie I don't care for. I find it lewd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for this supersized episode of the Flophouse. Uh, yeah. Uh, we got one more in October. Look out for that. But until then, uh, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm still Stuart Wellington. Even after all this time, Elliot Kalen remains. Good night, everyone. Boom. We'll bring extra mustard to this sandwich. <laughs> We did to that intro. Oh, man, it's <laughs> fucking on fire like a sandwich. Like a sandwich on fire? <laughs> there, I knew I could yeah. get Dan with some stupid bullshit. We call it the Flaming Reuben. <laughs> we take a regular Reuben and we light it on fire. You take a guy named Reuben. He is not happy about this Reuben situation. Soddered. <laughs> Reuben soldered. Reuben A lot to burn there. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Welcome to the Lady to Lady Show. Behind door number one, we have fantastic weekly guests like Aisha Tyler, French Stewart, Retta, and more. Behind door number two, we have road trip and sleepover games like Would You Rather and Never Have I Ever, the kind of games that remind you of being a kid. Door number three brings you fresh hot episodes every Wednesday. You can find them on iTunes and at MaximumFun.org. Now pick a door. Just kidding. They're not real because we're a podcast. You're all winners. And we didn't really think this through. Lady to lady.